0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Talking Floorball podcast episode 8. We are back after a long summer break and it's good to be back. A lot of floorball has actually been happening over the summer. Wherever you've been, whether you've been in preseason tournaments with your team or you've been following along with your favourite club's pre-season or even national team as we've just had our international weekend also the end of August. Lots of floorball to catch up on over the summer and... I'm happy to say Mari's back. Hello, Mari.
1: Hello. I've been back for a while, actually.
0: (laughs) That's true. We've both been back, but we're now back on the podcast. So at least now we get to hear your voice again after two episodes, two interviews. Did you have a good summer?
1: I did, yeah. Um, Obviously had some time to relax and just enjoy the summer. So that was very good. How about you?
0: not bad. It was nice to sort of, I think, take a little break. I think everybody enjoys a little break mentally, Mm. refresh from floorball a little bit. Uh, But now we're back into the swing of things for sure. Um, Seeing some family, of course, is always good and uh, several things on the horizon coming up for us to look forward to floorball-wise, however. Um, Today, we'll just be talking about in this episode mainly what happened over the summer and the last Month in particular, and then maybe looking forward towards the end of the year, but also looking forward to the next round of Champions Cup that's coming up. As Mm. we already had, as you could say, round one, Northern Conference, Northern Division taking place. We'll start off today's episode with a little recap of the main tournament, the main um, event that happened, which was uh, over the summer, which was season two of NAFL. Defending champions were the Florida Vikings, who ended up winning it yet again. Back to back champions of the Florida Vikings, who they won rather convincingly in the end, uh, were quite dominant throughout. Maybe a little bit of a slow start. Some of their, they brought in some extremely high, high talented players from Sweden, in particular, several, three world champions and uh, it showed they won their final against Fresno Force by 9 goals to 2, and it was pretty pretty smooth sailing, you could say, for, for Florida in the NFL again, but they were made to work in the beginning in particular, and uh, it's uh, nice to see several teams now coming up with more of an identity for themselves. Fresno definitely this American and Canadian mix with several Swedish players as well, and uh, also with the strong Finnish influence of Fort Worth Jaguars, who last year's runner up, runners up this year, unfortunately not being able to make the final playoffs. But we had some good, good matches, good close matches. And if you want to rewatch any of them, then feel free to go on the NAFL YouTube channel. Just type in North American Floorball League, and all the matches are there to rewatch for free on YouTube. Second season, six teams, and. We had three new teams in Texas Tornadoes, the Floorball Aviators from Ohio and the Minnesota Growlers. So we'll see how many teams next year join and how many how big the competition will be next year.
1: will be exciting.
0: And uh, the top scorer during those those that NAFL season two, uh, Linus Malmstrom from the Florida Vikings who got forty four points in only twelve games. Um and yeah, like as as I said, one of those key world champions on this Florida squad, which really set them apart from several other play players and teams throughout the league. Mari, we'll move on to the next topic. What about you? I think you had one eye on the Champions Cup that just happened recently.
1: Yeah, I tried to have one eye there and then my other eye in the under-19 qualifications and Euro floorball challenge. So it was definitely a busy weekend and a lot of floorball action at once. So, But that was good, obviously. Um, so the Champions Cup has started with a new format. It was previously played with the Final Four uh, event during one weekend. But now we have more games, which means obviously more action. At least I think that's what it should mean. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, the North Division quarterfinals are already over, as you said, and only the Swedish club teams continue to the semifinals. So, Piksbu and Krupen in the women's, and then Falun and Stureta in the men's. And the South Division quarterfinals begin next Wednesday, when Bohemians will host the Erzigen Swe- um, in Prague. And the matches continue then on the weekend and the week after. So on Saturday evening, 23rd September, we will know which Southern teams continue to the semifinals. And then the semi semi-finalist ballad will be held after the South Division quarterfinals are over. And only then the match schedule for the semina- semifinals will be finalized. And then the semi-finals will be played later this year in October, November, and then the final event will take place next year in January in a location we do not yet know so many matches still coming up in this new Champions Cup 2024
0: and most likely that final will be held by one of the teams in the final as it makes the most sense so that's probably why the host yet to be announced exactly uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Southern Conference follows the Northern and we have an all Semi final from one country, whether it be Switzerland or Czech Republic. But uh, on paper, it looks to be very close matchups on both the men's and women's
1: yeah, side. Yeah, I actually I don't think that. I think we will have a mix of Swiss and Czech teams actually coming to the semi finals. I somehow have this kind of idea. Like you said, it probably will be more, uh, maybe more even games in the southern division. At least we would hope that. Yeah. Um, also, I have to say in the Northern Division, there was definitely Classic versus Stureta was the most exciting match pair. Um, Classic won the first game 2 1, with Ara Helling scoring two goals and being the most valuable player. And then Stuvreta, they had to win the second game in regular time to go on overtime and then the winner of the overtime would then continue to the semifinals. And that's exactly what Stureta did. So, um, yeah, they they won the second game in overtime at their home arena in Sweden, and Simon Goetz became Stureta's hero in that game because he scored the golden goal in overtime. So that oh. was amazing.
0: That was the only game that went to overtime, I think, out of the yeah. four. So that was... Um, and that was the only game which, yeah, as you said, split one one winner piece. So that was the closest. So hopefully we get a little bit more of that for the Southern Conference as well. Um, is there any team or any players you feel like we need to watch out for?
1: First of all, Clara Lundberg from Pixbo. Also Emma Sternberg, they are the top scorers. In the, in the Women's Champions Cup at the moment. And obviously because Pigspo is still continuing, they will probably score some more goals in the upcoming matches. And Pigspo's whole first line with uh, Lundberg, Sternberg and Kaiser Elm is a, like a really strong line. So definitely look after those players. Um, and then on the men's side, well, well we have Falun players who have, uh, who have the most points, so Emil Lundmark, Malte Lundmark, and Alexander Kalante-Karlström, who doesn't you... require any introduction, I think.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> I think pe- most people will be familiar with that name.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, then in the southern, um, well, yeah, we don't have the team list yet
0: we know that the swiss league in particular especially the men's swiss uh, prime league has been having several additions this year um, yeah. a lot of uh, financial backing has been going into the league and certain clubs and and there's a lot of um, interest and in players being drawn from sweden and finland in particular down to switzerland this season so it certainly looks like on paper uh, several swiss clubs are improving uh, in particular, Zug United, who aren't in this Champions Cup, but um, the men's team. Mm, yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to see how, uh, as you said, Vila, who uh, just came off their Swiss Super Cup win to start the season off, they beat Vintator uh, in uh, overtime, I believe, to start off this season, not a couple of weeks back. So, uh, good start for Vila, and see if they will, that will continue against uh, Bohemians. But um, it would be tough for Bohemians, who on paper are the underdogs of this Champions Cup Southern division, I think.
1: And Bohemians, actually, they got a new player, Tomas Kwasnica, the Slovakian national team player. Pome transferred to Bohemians just recently. So that's, that's very interesting to see him and the whole team in the Champions Cup. And obviously, Tsuk United in the women's, they won the um, Super Cup. In Switzerland as well. So also a good start for their season and now they will be in the Champions Cup as well. So let's see if their strong start continues against uh, Vitkovic.
0: Yeah, Vitkovic are very strong on both the men's and women's side, so uh, they'll be one to watch for sure. and. Uh... Definitely Flobo, Künitz Bern as well, who've gone through a name change this year, and um, they are looking to build up on on the previous season where they got extremely close to winning the whole thing uh, in Switzerland, and very, very, very tight narrow loss in the final, the Swiss Super super Final, so they'll be looking to bounce back and use the Champions Cup to start their season well, I'm sure, and uh the main guy i think on defense still is finnish national team player otto Lepkusua, uh who's been really good for them and, and really good i think ever since he's come into the finnish national team for the wfc in zurich so
1: and then also in the if we continue about suk united then of course um they have denis ratajova and martin repkova in their team so just, for example, also Veronica Noga, familiar from the Polish national team. So I think, yeah, the Swiss ladies, they will, or the, the Swiss club team, they will be really strong in the Champions Cup, I think.
0: Yeah, so as always, you can watch all the games on the IFF app. Uh, they will be in local commentary language, so they will not be in English, but um, text games... The, Games that are happening in the Czech Republic with Czech commentary and the games in Switzerland will be with German brackets, Swiss-German commentary. So uh, just to clarify for that one. Uh, Mm. First game starts next Wednesday when uh, it's Bohemians and Vila who take the first game on the 13th of September. And then the weekend of the 16th and 17th is the other... three games in the Champions Cup Southern Division, so you can watch all those on the IFF app, as always. So, next round-up of what's been going on this summer, we had an extremely busy week in Bessasson with the Men's Euro Floorball Challenge and the Women's Under-19 World Floorball Championships qualifications for next year in Lahti. I was there, and Marie, you were following along from here in Helsinki, and it was another. It was as the paper predicted, the form predicted. It was Bankówka Zielonka who ended up winners in this for men's Euro Floorball Challenge.
1: And that's what we said before the event that it must be the Polish champions who will take this one home.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were they were missing two, two or three of their, um, you could say, top players who were definitely big contributors through a mix of injury and unavailability, but uh, they still got the job done. They had some very close games, um, I think rather surprisingly in certain aspects. There, there were I remember a game, that they just squeaked through, it was 0-0 for almost the entire match, and in the last 10 minutes, uh, Van Kofka ended up beating, it was home side Bessasson.
1: Oh, um, okay.
0: I remember now that mm. it was very, very close and a uh, big upset. I think the crowd started to build up into that one, thinking that big, big upset from Bessarçon, But Bankovka eventually struck, and it was um eventual all-star goalie of the tournament, um, Thibaut Legov for Bessarçon who was saving them a lot in that game.
1: But they also had a c- close game against uh, c d l Valle from Spain, only yeah. winning...
0: Three two two. Yeah, and and against Lemberg of Ukraine, five three. So, so it wasn't as plain sailing as maybe some suggested. Um maybe it was a slow start for them. Um they had Cambridge in their opener which they won rather comfortably six zero, but then after that, as you said, it was five three against Lemberg for for Bankovka, and then in their final group game against Bessasson only two zero. And that was extremely tight for and then Elvae 3-2 in the semi-finals um and then at the end it was rather comfortable i think the final against Utrecht they were they were in control for almost the entire game so a little bit up and down for Bankovka but certainly a perfect start to the season for the Polish champions from last season who will look to use this Eurofootball challenge victory to inspire them to another title win in Poland, and as they won this euro floorball challenge they will automatically play in the euro floorball cup next season if it takes place uh yet to be decided so we'll see but just want to shout out as well some other teams at a little bit up and down I think at points they look like one of the strongest teams throughout this this event and then I have to give major props to utrecht who may be on on paper but more so in terms of the numbers. I think they had the second smallest squad at the event after Cambridge or joint smallest with Cambridge. Uh, But you can just tell how well-drilled they are, how well they know each other, the system of play that they play. And while they may not be the most technically talented team out there, they have really well-drilled instructions and they really know what each other is doing and how to play off that. And especially on the counter, they were devastating throughout the whole week. So... Um, runners-up in this tournament, Utrecht, and... Uh,
1: yeah, no, I really like their pink shirts.
0: <laughs> pretty Those in pink. really
1: cool.
0: Definitely pretty in pink, and, uh, you know, Barbie film just came out, <laughs> Exactly,
1: so. inspiration. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Team Barbie, Utrecht. Um, so, yeah, disappointment for Lemberg, who previously played in this tournament four years ago, also in 2019. Um, I think coming into this tournament, they... Definitely saw themselves in the final, at least.
1: I saw them in the final.
0: In your dreams. Yes. Because they didn't. <laughs> because, yes, exactly. <laughs> because
1: they didn't make it. But I somehow thought I was expecting that they would do it, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but again, that that Utrecht train, direct from Amsterdam to Utrecht, that was a oh, that was a great great show of counterattacking throughout. Like they were more than happy to let every team they play against. Have majority of the possession, uh, and then just was so quick and precise on the quick passing play. And uh, especially when they're on the power play, their rotation was really good um, positional rotations and working behind the net and along the rink boards. So, very good. And it was, I, I think, I think uh, it caught a lot of people by surprise. I think, especially at this um, Euro Floorball Challenge, which is the lowest level of club, European club competitions that there is organised by the IFF, I think uh, not many people took it as seriously as they could have and it was a surprisingly very good level throughout the whole week and I think such valuable and and, um, much appreciated experience for a lot of the players and teams who were there. For sure. Cambridge as well, I think for the first time ever they played uh, a European tournament, like an international tournament, so for all their players that was really Nice to see, and the, even though they lost every game, they came out smiling and enjoying every minute of it. Uh, Bessasson as well, and Dahoudelach having a great fi- game on the final day yes. between each other.
1: The France final part two.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, no no ultras in the stands beating each other's up, so that's good. Uh, as sometimes is the case in French football, but not in French floorball. So, we like to see that, which is which is good. And uh, while that event was going on, we actually had the women's under-19 qualifications for the final event next year in Lahti, Finland. Uh, This was the European qualifications, as we don't need qualifications for any other region. Four teams. Originally, it was supposed to be only two qualifying, but with USA withdrawing, it went up to three. So three of the four teams of Denmark, Hungary, Italy and France would go through two and it did end up being Denmark, Italy, mm. and Hungary who went through.
1: Yes, I think also the teams we kind of expected that would qualify, just based on the fact that France, this was their first event for the women's under 19 team. So the first IFF event, or yeah.
0: Yeah, first ever competition, as you said. And uh, they, were, they were the biggest question mark, I think, coming into this because um as we said the first ever event all the other teams didn't really have a good reference point for the players and their levels um and uh it was kind of interesting i think we we all knew i think deep down that denmark were gonna kind of breeze through stroll through um Mm -hmm. obviously for them they had a little bit of an underperforming in Katowice, which meant that they didn't automatically qualify yeah. uh, by their own standards, so they dropped into qualies. Um, and alongside, uh, alongside their sort of young core of players, they have a very talented main bunch from Frederikshaven and Blackhawks, which are the defending champions and one of the strongest women's teams in Denmark. And a lot of these under-19 girls are actually playing on the senior women's team for Frederik so uh, very good quality from the Danes, and it was a bit closer between the other three teams in the group, Uh, Italy the stronger shooters of the other three for sure, 24 goals scored in three games for the Italians, and uh, definitely uh, they seem to be clicking at moments, and uh, I don't know if you can say it's a bit of a... You know, stereotype, but they were very up and down as Italians may be a bit emotional at times and sometimes they uh, lost concentration and they conceded two or three goals in quick succession but um, they regrouped very well and uh, ended up scoring some great goals and, and it was those goals that they scored that ended up making sure they comfortably went through with two wins against Hungary and France, which meant final day, it came down to the two last teams in Hungary and France playing each other to decide who would qualify and unfortunately it looked like the nerves just got the better of France who were very, very nervous and and Hungary took the advantage and comfortably came through as winners in that one
1: Yeah, and of course you can understand that when when it's your first event and then you are also in front of your home crowd because the event is being played in France and uh, it's tough, of course, but maybe better luck next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, learning learning curve for sure for the for the French team, French players, and um, as you said, that it's it, it must be a learning experience to go from playing in front of very small crowds, probably a mm. uh, very few spectators, and then you're standing for your national anthem. You have your f- the flag hanging in the rafters. You have the uh, national team jersey on for the first time, you're representing your country. It, it's a lot of mental pressure that goes into it as well, I think. and Especially at under-19 level, this is where the experience comes in and not hard yeah. li- and not a lot of these players have experience. So exactly. it, it's tough for sure. Um, I have to say, though, I was very surprised to see in the team list uh, Cassandra Girardet, uh the goalkeeper for the women's under-19 team, who's actually a forward for their women's senior team.
1: That's so interesting.
0: (laughs) So we'll see Cassandra in Singapore later this year as a forward, but in this event she was the goalkeeper uh, and she made the most saves of anyone, 73 saves in two games. Uh, She played two out of the three games. um, So she was extremely busy. And uh, it just goes to show you that some people are very multi-talented. Yeah. Playing forward... (laughs) And goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, like, personally, I could never do that. But, like... Oh, amazing.
0: And uh for the Danes again, Liv Hillasted petersen in goal was their main number one goalkeeper. She wasn't as busy as her colleagues from other countries, let's just say, but she was still very solid in that and did what was needed and required of her, only letting in two goals uh, throughout the two in a bit games that she played um, so yeah Denmark again heading into the final round I think will be very very strong favourites in their groups and uh, it will be great to see Hungary and Italy there fighting and competing because as we saw in the ballot Mari it was a very interesting draw for the groups for the under 19.
1: Yeah and also the, all the teams you just mentioned so Denmark, Hungary and Italy are actually in the same group in the final round in Lahti, so in Group D and um, yeah, so (laughs) they will meet again in the group stage. That's gonna be, that's gonna be interesting. Um, Of course, like you said, Denmark will most probably be the strongest team in that group um, because of the strong qualifications already. And yeah, and then of course, Italy then, they have so many good individuals like Marta Peltioni, who was the captain, and uh, Tiara Taini, the top scorer. Um, so many goals. Uh, already four goals, I think, in the first game against France. And I think in an interview she said she was a bit nervous, and but then she just started scoring, so, so she kind of found her way how to do it and then continued that throughout the event,
0: I, I had, think. I had her parents sitting behind me on the commentary and they had their dog, they brought their dog along. Oh! So in the beginning of the game the dog was barking so I'm sure Chiara could hear, if not her parents, she could hear her dog at least.
1: That's so nice, but I'm sure we will see some more goals from her in Lahti as well. Um, Then, yeah, the talent is definitely there within the Team Italy so it's going to be interesting. and yeah then hungary and canada are in group d as well i don't know about hungary actually what do you think based on the qualifications because of course we have talked about nora lelovic before as well and she was kind of the leader of the team in the previous wsc in katowice
0: well we were speaking about Chiara taini she's kind of like nora lelovic nora lelovic of italy in the way that she always is demanding the ball and is always looking to shoot first off straight away. Uh, And she has a great shot to go with it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether she can replicate what Nora did. And obviously there's a bit of discussion when it comes to players like that because on one side they're extremely talented and they're really good shooting. uh, And on the other side you have the, the, the team view aspect of it where you try and get other you want to try and get more other players involved and try and build sort of a tactic that isn't just okay pass it to player a and player a will mm, do all the work yeah. so uh we saw in particular last year in Katowice i think the maybe the first two games um the teams didn't realize what nor no- nor was going to do and how she was going to play, where she didn't come off for a single minute. She played 60 minutes in every game. And I remember against New Zealand, um, Hannah Birchinger, the yeah. New Zealand captain, <laughs> was just stuck to Nora like glue. Like, would not leave her alone. Anytime the ball went near the boards, Nora went flying. So, um,
1: But that actually worked it for did. New Zealand it as under, well.
0: It got under Nora's skin. Um, and you uh, again, uh, the reason Germany beat Hungary as well in that in that playoff game to decide the automatic qualification spot was because the Germans started isolating Nora in the second and third period, so when you when you come up against a team with such an individual one person talent, sometimes it can be a blessing and sometimes it can be a curse because mm-hmm. you've got someone who's supremely talented, um, as we've seen with Hungary with Nora and Italy with with Tiny but then it's about how can you use that to help the whole team and not just you know easily let's stick three players on one player and that's it done they yeah. won't be able to score so exactly um but yeah like you said group D will be interesting and also Canada are a big question mark because Definitely. we we don't know their squad and they are obviously we know Canada a huge ice hockey country so almost all of their players are hundred percent going to be very good with the stick and the ball and stick handling and, and ball control but it'll be interesting to see how they transition from ice hockey to floorball
1: exactly there were many talented individuals in Katowice last year as well so it's gonna be interesting but we like mysteries as well of course we don't have to have all the information yet so we will we will do some...
0: <laughs> we'll do some planning we'll do some scouting no
1: it's like we will investigate this that, that was a, something i was searching and then i was just
0: so group c money um we didn't have any aofc qualifications because only three teams had registered but we didn't need them
1: yeah we, we have an aofc crew plus germany
0: like <laughs> so that's, there you just go. so you know
1: so. Uh, yeah so that's that's Definitely gonna be interesting. Uh, New New Zealand, they were the first to publish their team for the final round already, which is cool. Um, And Singapore, this will be their first final round for the women's under 19 team. So another question mark, I could say Team Singapore, because like you said, we didn't have qualifications and now they will participate for the first time in the final round. So of course it's gonna be interesting to see how it how it will be for them? And of course, the Singapore will host the women's WSC before that, so maybe some players could be there on site, watching how the women's team is is handling the event and playing there, and you know, learning something from them as well. Yeah, and
0: fingers crossed they're actually there because last year they were supposed to play in Katowice and uh, they withdrew last minute. So uh, fingers crossed we'll see you in in Lachty for the. First ever appearance of the Singapore women's under-19 team.
1: Making history. Woo! And then Australia. They will be there as well. Also, same same for them. Their women's team will play in the um, women's WSC later this year in Singapore. And uh, Australia, I feel like they always have a good group when they come to the WSC. Like, somehow they have a really good team spirit and everything so as, as does New Zealand as well so I think like those two teams they can go a long way
0: yeah and we we see for uh, in particular with Australia they have a very strong uh, base of young players especially in WA in Western Australia and Perth region uh, also in in Melbourne and throughout the sort of west and east coast of the country there's the very young core group of players who are coming through and choosing floorball as a first sport which is never really happened before in australia so that's really good to see and it's it's hopefully the building blocks are in there for not just the current team but for future teams and generations and we see definitely you know women's team players like uh blaze hodges coaching the younger players and teams in wa and um, trying to build them up, and, and they're starting junior divisions now, which is really good to see. So hopefully more and more players starting to play the game in Australia will lead to better and better teams and and players coming through that sort of development program.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I th- I think I just want to also say one quick thing. um do. <laughs> th- It's nice to see because... With teams like Australia and New Zealand, they're so far away from where floorball is played, mm. typically, but you're still getting a couple of players who are coming over to Europe to try themselves, uh, a.k.a. Lexi Elliott, uh, Alexis Elliot, who was part of the under-19 team last year, and um, she is now playing in, in Basel in Switzerland, so um, they're fully committing themselves, more and more players, and, and trying to make the jump over and gaining more experience in in Europe and, and also across the world and um, yeah it'll be interesting to see as as you're probably on paper again Germany will be strong favourites for this group AOFC so. for this group yeah but yeah well let's move on to the top 8 Mari, group B whew this one is gonna <laughs> be uh, the spiciest fixture of the entire event you could say in the group stages already <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so Sweden, Finland, Norway and Poland in Group B. Obviously Sweden are the reigning champions. Uh, Finland got bronze in 2022. 20, and also Sweden just played against Finland on the weekend and they won both games. First ended 10-6 to 6 and second 13 to 13-10 for Sweden, women's under 19 team. So... Um, yeah, also the teams also met at the Euro floorball tour in October last year and then Sweden were better at 7-4. So we have kind of already seen some matches between Finland and Sweden and Sweden have showed that they they are a better team, at least at this moment. But we do, we do not know what will happen before Lahti next year.
0: Does that pain you to say as a Finn?
1: Uh, not really, because when working at the IFF, you kind of have to forget your nationality at times and it's, yeah, <laughs> So you... it's not painful, actually, I have to say, not at all.
0: You could be British like me and then have no allegiances when it comes to <laughs> world championships, because we're never there, but yeah.
1: Maybe I am half British or something. <laughs> yeah. Also, Poland in that group, well, they are always strong and they are fighting for the fifth or sixth place. Also, the women's team, but so is the women's under-19 team. Um, in the end, it's going to be a tough group for them. And they, like, tough matches against Sweden and Finland, of course. But they will have Maya Hellman there. In Again. Lally. Again. <laughs> we love to see Maja Hellman <laughs> in the events. And Helman will actually turn 18 during the final day of the under 19 WSC 2024. So maybe it will be a big party in Lahti on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Hellman's already part of the, the, the senior women's team. So she'll probably be in Singapore later this year. You would expect to see her on the, on the team list. So uh, she plays her club floorball in, in Sweden in the uh, SSL. So, yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, it's very promising to see how strong uh, Polish women's floorball, in particular is. Uh, they're getting better and, and all the time and they always seem to be fighting Slovakia at the moment for that fifth place and Latvia are going to be pushing them, but Norway, as you said, is a big question mark. We have no idea what the level is going to be, who's going to be showing up and how good they could be, so um, definitely one not to take lightly as Norway's had some very good quality players in the past, so Yeah. Group A, Mari, last plot?
1: Group A. Switzerland, Czech Republic, Latvia and Slovakia. Czech Republic obviously they are the wise champions from twenty twenty two. Switzerland got the fourth place. Um these two teams met at a three nations event in February this year when Switzerland won the first game 4-3 and Czechs won the second 1-4 to 0. So I think it's going to be a tight battle between Switzerland and the Czech Republic in the group stage. And then we have Latvia and Slovakia. Slovakia as well just like Poland, their women's and women's under 19 they are always playing for the fifth sixth place at these events so I'm expecting Slovakia will, well, yeah, I think they could challenge maybe Switzerland in the group stage. Hard to say as well because we do not really have data of the Slovakia women's under 19 team and if they have played some international games so.
0: Yeah, I know they just had a camp in, in Slovakia uh, where the under nineteen team were training alongside the women's team.
1: Okay, that's um, good.
0: So, but there's also a lot of crossover there because there's a lot of there's a couple of players uh, on the under nineteen team who could, who are also technically part of the women's senior team. So it'll be interesting to see whether they decide to fully split the groups and and let those who they feel are good enough to play in the senior team only play women's senior, or whether they'll let some of those younger players also play in the under nineteen. So, management decision I think
1: but. yeah and then of course because the women's WSC like we have mentioned many times it's coming up in December in Singapore but then of course the women's WSC will be in Lahti next May and then the 2024 year will be for the men's WSC so of course it, quite, it might offer some space for, for players to do kind of both if possible it's gonna be a busy season i know like if they have the time and they won't get any injuries and things like that so of course that's the main thing Mm -hmm. um but could be possible
0: well as always water is wet sweden are favorites for floorball so um I, i think that's probably if you look on the form sheet sweden again favorites but Czechs are going to push them like they did in Katowice mm. for sure. And yeah. um, it's up to Switzerland and, and Finland to try and strike back and, and claw back that that uh, top seed that they they so dearly desire. Switzerland, you know, having that golden year in 2019 in Neuchâtel almost getting through to the final of the women's and uh, winning the whole thing, getting through to the final. but uh, And Finland as well, a bit up and down, you know, re- reaching the final a lot in women's. Events, but just unable to come over that hurdle of Sweden. So, uh, Sweden current champions in every category we have in the IFF World Championships. So, under nineteen and senior world champions in men and women. So, it's up to someone else to dethrone the Svensk Inibandy steam train that is powering through floorball at the moment.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, who who will do it? We won't know that.
0: (laughs) So that's your roundup of uh, everything that's happened over the summer. Uh, One more thing before we go is the IFF actually has a new employee. We have a new person starting at the staff. So we'll have a new IFF staff member joining us. And it's actually a national team player. uh, Blanca Benja will be joining from Hungary. She's coming to Finland to work as part of the IFF media team and helping out with several office tasks as well. She was most recently seen as part of Team Hungary for the women's qualifications for the World Championships that just took place in February in Italy. And uh, she's worked with the IFF before, I believe, Manny.
1: Yeah, uh, Blanca was one of the IFF social media ambassadors when we first established that project. And she was helping with the media tasks during the Women's Under 19 WSC in Uppsala 2021, and then also with the Women's WSC in Uppsala 2021. So it was the year when we had four world championships happening.
0: So it'll be a pleasure to have her back. And uh, if you have any comments or questions for Blanca, we will get her involved in the next podcast episode and uh, we'll get back to you. Just send us your questions on Instagram. And as always, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back at the end of the month, start of October for the next episode. And we will have another eye more closely looking towards Singapore at the end of the year, as that draws ever closer. Less than 90 days to go now before the Women's World Championships. And if you've got some free time at the start of December, you can always find tickets that are still available for the event online. Just follow the links on... IFF WFC social channels.
1: Book your flights now. See you in Singapore.
0: Thank you for listening everyone and we'll see you again next time.
1: Thank you. Bye.